Moms Unscripted is a production of Mops International. If you'd like to find a group near you, go to mops.org forward slash group search. If you'd like to start a group, go to mops.org forward slash start a group. Well, we are so excited to have Bonnie Gray with us today. She is a best-selling author of Christian book award finalist, Sweet Like Jasmine. Oh, I love that book so much. Whispers of Rest, Finding Spiritual White Space, and her newest title, Breathe, 21 Ways to Stress Less and Transform Chaos to Calm, is available for pre-order. So you can go and get that right now. She is a soul care guide, a speaker, and host of Breathe, the Stress Less podcast. And Bonnie empowers thousands of women to lower anxiety and flourish in emotional and spiritual wellness through soul care, Bible study, and prayer. And she also has an amazing assessment that you can find at soulcarequiz.com. Again, that's soulcarequiz.com where you can learn how to better take care of yourself and find out what type of wellness your soul needs. And you can learn more about Bonnie at thebonniegray.com and follow her on Instagram and Facebook at thebonniegray. Bonnie, welcome to the podcast. We are so thrilled to talk with you this morning. It's so special to be able to be in a place where you're with safe people. And Mandy, you're one of those people for me. Oh, it's such a treat to get to know you and watch you over the years as you just have stepped so courageously and bravely into this um, space of helping women all across the world. So thank you for going first and sharing your story with all of us. But one thing I love about you is that your work is centered on helping all of us find a sustainable life rhythm that helps (laughs) us connect with God and ourselves. And so will you help us process this idea or this mentality that everything is urgent and that stress is the only way to get things done. Because I feel like our entire culture is addicted to being as hurried as Mm -hmm. possible and Mm -hmm. using stress as the engine to accomplish our daily tasks. So help us process all of this. You know, I think as moms, we just want to bring our best selves to taking care of our kids. And so before we were moms, we were really great students or we were working in our jobs. And that's the main mode we know get things done, get it quickly done and get it done to excellence. So we move into our motherhood and we don't realize that motherhood basically drains us. And so we don't realize that we need to shift to a different mode because we think that's the only way to do our best is to just go 10, 10, 10 or 100, 100, 100 on everything. So I think it's more like we didn't realize we just stumbled on it. So I think we need to just remind ourselves, hey, we are giving 100% out and we need spaces in our life. We need to prioritize our well-being. And that's what's hard about being a mom. Because motherhood's so constant, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, and it always feels urgent. Like there's always something that has to get done. Someone needs something, exactly. Mm -hmm. It's just like this constant stress, Mm -hmm. this constant part Mm -hmm. of our daily lives. Go ahead. And I think that's why, you know, the soul care quiz is so important because all of us are used to putting our emotions and our weariness to the side. We're so good at it. That's been our main strength that we don't even realize that we're overwhelmed. Like even if we're exhausted, we don't feel it. So I think the first step is giving ourselves permission to realize, you know what? I am burned out. I'm tired. And most times as moms, we don't have a place where we can admit that. And so the soul care quiz that I created is a way for us to, it helps us, I guess, 
to see the numbers and say, you know what, this number is telling me, and there's four different areas of wellness. And this actually was inspired by my own journey because I started experiencing panic attacks when I became a mom and I never had them before I was a mom. I was working, I live here in Silicon Valley. And so I was a career woman, you know, working on really stressful environment, but I never had panic attacks until I became a mom, which was like so weird to me. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and it scared me, Mm. you know? And so I learned that there actually are four different areas. Cause when Jesus said, love the Lord, your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength, I basically ignored the word soul. Mm. Like I just focused on loving God with my mind So reading the scripture, studying the Bible Mm -hmm. and loving God with my heart, which is devotion, like praying and making sure, you know, I uh, go to church and go to my mom's groups and and with my strengths, you know, like taking care of my kids. But I ignored the word soul. Like, Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what that meant. Like, what does it mean to love God with my soul? Mm -hmm. And so I realized this is an area that I neglected because there was a reason why I was having anxiety attacks and panic attacks. I'd love to hear you talk more about soul. So what does that mean? What did you settle into? What did you learn as you turned toward loving God with your soul? Well, I guess one of the reasons I was excited to be here to just share encouragement and story with all the moms out there is because I was so caught off guard and I didn't realize that a lot of the things that I had hidden, like um, some toxic relationships I had with my mom, these were kind of taboo subjects in my Christian culture, like mom's groups. I mean, it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you talk about, oh yeah, you know, I'm stressed out because my mom is stressing me out and there's so many expectations that I feel like I was failing at or um, gosh, you know, I, I'm, I, I wake up feeling stressed and I, I don't even know how to like talk about that because I couldn't sleep last night. So I wanted to share that when I eventually found a therapist, I was so shocked what he told me. He, he said, well, Bonnie, um, it's not because your faith is flawed. It's not because you're not praying enough or reading the Bible enough. He said, all those feelings that you hid away all those years, as a child, they're still a part of you. And in fact, it's because you're safe now as a mom. Mm -hmm. And I just want our listeners to know that when you're feeling anxiety or even depression or anxiety panic attacks, it doesn't mean you're failing or doing something wrong. It actually may mean like in my case that you're finally in a safe place Mm -hmm. in your life. As a mom, you have so much joy. You know, you're thinking, okay, I'm starting over. I just really wanna build a happy family for my kids. And so my therapist had said, I'd never seen a therapist before, but he said, well, did you know that emotional and verbal abuse has the same impact as physical abuse? Our bodies respond the same way. Sure, sure. Many women, um, as I discovered, Mm -hmm. I wasn't alone, that many of us basically just kind of hide that part of us that's struggling or hurting. Mm -hmm. And we don't realize our bodies respond to that hiding. And so soul care is really about taking care of that hidden part of us, that that spiritual private part of us. And so previously I felt, well, you know, that's part of my private life. I don't want to bring anybody down. I just really want to be encouraging. I thought it was a good thing, but Jesus said, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest for your soul. Mm. So it's that 
what we think is private is actually lonely. It's this lonely part of our lives where we're getting things done. And yet Jesus says, I see where you're lonely. I see where you're struggling and I don't want you to be alone anymore. So those are the four areas, which is starts with our emotional wellness. Second is our physical because we often shut down our emotions and then our bodies start telling us, wait a minute, you're actually mm-hmm. really stressed. Third area is spiritual wellness. And this is where even with God, I was, you know, I felt distant from him, you know, because I, I felt like I couldn't bring my best to him. So it was hard for me to pray. And then fourth is social wellness. And that's where, you know, even though I was with people, I felt lonely and it was because I was hiding my heart. So those were four areas I had to start to learn a new, new rhythms, Mm -hmm. new actions I needed to take and kind of go against my survival mode, which was the opposite of what was wellness in these four areas, emotional, physical, spiritual, and social. Hmm. That's awesome. Are there some like practical things you did on a daily basis, like maybe even starting small to help cultivate wellness in each of those areas? Well, interestingly enough, um, there are, I wanted to share, there's, you know, I don't know you know, when this would be good for our time together, but, you know, in each of these areas, there's things we could do that just take 10 minutes. And so this is one way to slow down. Sometimes we, we, we tell ourselves in order to slow down, we need to do nothing. And that's actually very difficult. I mean, as moms, we're already having enough trouble keeping up with everything. So for, for us to hear like, oh, we need to slow down, we immediately think, we need to do nothing. And it's not true. Slowing down does not mean nothing. It means doing things that help you to de-stress. Slowing down means to, um, the way our brain works, I learned that when my brain is stressed or I'm obsessing or overthinking, in order to let go of that muscle in the brain, it's called the amygdala, we need to take action. So one of the first things that were were very effective, very simple is a 10 minute walk. Mm -hmm. So studies show that when we take a 10 minute walk, even if we don't feel like it within 10 minutes, our body will release serotonin. And that's a mood lifting chemical that releases and has no dependency on whether or not we're feeling stressed or not in the mood. We just go for a walk, put on our shoes and within 10 minutes, your body will feel better. So that's one thing that I started incorporating in the morning. So one thing I used to do is the first thing I got up in the morning, you know, obviously take care of my kids, whatever needed to do in the morning, but then I would immediately hop on my phone and read the news or read my emails that would immediately spur me on to getting things done. So I broke this practice of urgency by first putting on my shoes, driving somewhere and taking a walk. So for me and every, every woman's different. It's hard for me to go take a walk if I'm still in my home. Mm. So for me, I literally get in the car and I just drive 10 minutes away. It's like forcing myself to be able to break away. So I would say my first advice to any mom, especially young moms, you need to break, have a place you can break away. Even if it's your neighbor's house or whatever friend it is, or it's a nearby park, you're going to go even take your stroller out, whatever it may be, you need to be physically away from the phone, from the computer, or even from our home, especially those that have little babies. It's so exhausting to be at home. They're constantly, whether it's the laundry, 
whatever mm-hmm. it is, there's always something that we need to move ourselves physically from the area. And, you know, Jesus himself, when he was so busy healing people, they were just, you know, all around in crowds. The scriptures tells that Jesus invited his disciples, come away by yourselves and rest a while. Yeah. The other ones I could talk about, but wanted to see if you guys had any reactions or questions or that's good what your thoughts are it's so counterintuitive and and opposite of what the what culture tells us today right it's just this constant go 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 and if you're not going you're almost not invested in whatever project you're working on if you're not going 24 hours a day do you really care about your project or care about you know your job but it's but it feels it feels less to me um productive because you're really not giving a hundred percent if your brain is on the stress part of it, you know, you're not even enjoying it anymore. So how, what would you offer, especially moms listening now where there is laundry to be done and meals to be prepped and homework to be done and all of those things where they can give themselves permission to sit down and read a book and not feel like they're then the opposite, the neglecting, they don't care about their kids. They don't care about their, their home life or you, you know what I mean? It's, it's opposite of what social media is telling us. Yeah. I think because I had the physical panic attacks, you know, my mm-hmm. body and I was forced into getting therapy because <laughs> trust me, I didn't want to go back in my past and look at my childhood stories. I mean, I already survived it. Why, why go back? That was my mindset. But once I started going back and exploring my story, I realized that, you know, really what I longed for as a little girl was having a mom mm. that loved me, that smiled, that was patient, and we could do things together. That was kind of like my dream wish. And I realized through going through my own story that that's really what I can best offer my children mm. is, you know, we're focused on moms and what we're doing, but God really cares about who we are mm-hmm. and our children. God gave each of us a children because God knew you are the perfect mom for your child, uh, your smile, what you love to do, um, spending time with you. So I think that freed me when I realized the most important thing I give my children is myself. And so prioritizing my wellness is first place. And then once we feel better, we will naturally kind of have the ability to then, okay, do I do the dishes for us? I'll do a little laundry or, you know, what is that rhythm for us? So I think we have it backwards. We figured if I get all the checklists done, mm. then I'll feel better mm-hmm. and then I could be a better mom. Mm-hmm. So it's the other way around. It's like, let me prioritize what brings me peace and rest the best way I can do it, whether it's daily or weekly, or even when I was a young mom, I could only get away on the weekends once a month in the morning. So depending how old our kids, what we can get out when we can get out, it's a different rhythm for each person. But I realized that is what's gonna help me, you know, my mind to be more like clear and not fogged up. And then we have more ability to deal with our schedules and figure out what's most important. Yeah. I think that's so good when you talk about prioritizing our wellness first and then being able to extend that to the people we love most. Mm -hmm. And you're so right when we get into our bodies by taking a 10 minute walk or doing jujitsu like Leanna does. Um, I don't know about you, but I feel like the things I'm worried about, the things that are on my mind, like I can't solve, I can't figure out. I go for a walk and I'm like, 
boom, it comes to me when I have relaxed my mind Mm -hmm. and I'm out doing things. And so I think you're so right to make that a priority. It's so funny. Yes. I say sometimes that uh, when I don't know what to do, I make soup. These women, these our whole group yes. has heard me say this a million times, but it's that act of not only making something, which is feels productive, but chopping up an onion, chopping up a potato, stirring the pot somehow does bring you back into your body. Mm-hmm. And it's wild how that is a solution in and of itself. Yes, Everything kind of opens up when we come mm-hmm. back into our body and get out of our minds. Okay, so we're kindred spirits because I do the same thing, Leanna. I cook soup. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So even if it's summer, like, yes. oh my gosh, why are you yes. making soup? My husband's like, oh my gosh, it's so hot. Why are you making soup? It's like <laughs> the dicing, the chopping. And there actually is a scientific research that shows the part of our brain that worries, just like Mandy talked about, when we get in touch with our body, it actually turns out the part of our brains um, that turns on when we're doing something physical, whether it's chopping or jujitsu or Mandy, what do you like to do? That's I like um, to go out hiking with your hands. Ooh, yes. She's a okay. Beast See another too. kindred spirit. Yes. That, that mm-hmm. 10 minute drive. I go to a hiking trail nearby. Yeah. So anything that has to do with your body, um, research shows that that part of your brain that lights up, guess what? It turns off That's so cool. the part of our brain that has anxiety mm. and stress. And depression. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, this changed the game for me. I love how our conversation is flowing to this because when I'm overwhelmed with my emotions, exact, especially with anxiety and panic attacks at the time, and I, I met Mandy, you know, right. met you yeah. during the time with my yeah. first book in 2014, you know, that's all I was learning to do because what can I, what are the things I could do with my hands? And that's really difficult because I'm so used to just problem solving, Mm. but it is part of our brain. You know, the scripture just says, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. 4610 in Psalm. Well, what happened is I realized studying that scripture that relax means loosen your grip. Mm -hmm. So to be still means to relax and loosen your grip. So anything, moms, fellow moms that are listening, anything that you can do with your hands, it actually helps us to loosen our grip. And when it says to be still and know that I am God, the verb for know is experience. It means to personally experience God. So this is where it's so exciting and fun. Whenever I'm in a mom's group, I love to explore. And I've been to some wonderful mops groups as a speaker. We would do some exercises and activities to find out all the women around the tables. You know, what do you love to do that involves your hands that you've enjoyed doing before you were a mom? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And people, you just see the smiles light up when they talk about, oh, I love to knit. I started crocheting or I love to ride my bike or whatever it is. And suddenly all this tired faces that came in the morning, suddenly they're lighting up with smiles, talking about what they love to do. And I'm like, our bodies actually have that ability. God put it in each of us, whatever hobby or interest that you have, God gave it to us as a form of release and a stress relief. And we don't realize that's actually sacred, sacred, holy Mm -hmm. work is to do those things and, and put those into your schedule, whether it's daily or weekly or monthly. If we have that perspective, suddenly it gets exciting. Like, oh, every time I play the piano, I'm actually being still 
and experiencing God. So for me, that gave me permission, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm doing God's work. Mm-hmm. I'm taking time. So I actually started taking, um, they're called Erhu lesson. It's a Chinese violin. And as a little girl, I grew up in Chinatown. I was born in Chinatown and I always heard this beautiful Chinese music play in Chinatown. So when I was having these panic attacks and I, I couldn't even go out at the time, it was so severe because I'd be driving and I have panic attacks. So I was at home a lot. So I was like, well, since I'm at home, might as well learn an instrument. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't even know until I learned the science behind it. Oh, it's actually helping me heal. Wow. I love that. Yeah. Oh, well, and with uh, my wife, she's a therapist and she works at a doctor's office and they say that majority of the physical ailments or something that the patients are experiencing are actually just stress related, that they've stressed so much that it's caused it's some physical mm-hmm. issue. Uh, when I went to physical therapy, they're like, oh, so you're a chest breather you don't breathe from your stomach. I'm like, how would you, how would you know that? Like, oh, well, da, 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 da. Oh, you're left-handed, aren't you? I didn't reveal that to you. <laughs> like she, she was able to like, wow. just see how the stress in certain parts of my back and shoulders were mm-hmm. revealing to who I was as a person and how I did things in specific ways. Uh, and so it was super fascinating. Mm. You're right. The panic attacks is how it showed up for you. I think a lot of people have certain things that, may not necessarily associate it with stress and how that goes. And I was curious Mm -hmm. with the groups that you go to and the places that you speak and maybe the followers on social media, there's got to be a list of moms that are like, oh, here's my things. And you're just thinking to yourself, "Eh, that's probably not doing it. It's probably adding to it. Right. So I was curious, what are some of like the more common things that you hear moms doing that probably actually aren't helping it, though they might think they are. Well, I think that mostly moms talk about feeling confused as to why, like, oh, I'm having headaches or I can't sleep at night. I don't know why everything's fine. Or I have a stomach ache or I'm, I'm getting these allergies that I never had before. Like mm. a lot of it, I would say is more like confusion mm-hmm. because, you know, we're, it seems like everybody's doing the right thing, but then yet, you know, oh, I'm, pain. I don't know why. And I have pain, all these different uh, physical symptoms. I love Matt, how you're bringing up that even though mine was so severe with panic attacks, I think because I was just so good at just pushing through, I ignored Hmm. things along the way. I love that you brought that up because, you know, it's, it's not so extreme for most people. Mm -hmm. It's like, Oh, Oh, I have carpal tunnel. That was for me looking back. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I have carpal tunnel syndrome. Why? You know, it's like my shoulders are always so tight. I learned later as I went to therapy, it's because I was holding my breath all the time. Wow. And then so, you know, I started experiencing pain in my wrist and my arm. Mm-hmm. And so we don't realize we thought, oh, I'm just focusing on the physical pain. But like you said, it's stress related. Yeah, I had so to, I, I was doing a stretch and she was like, okay, so I'm going to hold this part. Now you just do a shrug. And I would shrug and she's like, stop pulling your shoulders forward. I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, nope, just pull them straight up. And I was just like, I, I physically almost couldn't. Mm-hmm. Like it was because that's just, and in doing that, that is causing certain like muscles and certain stress wow. because whenever I breathe, I just naturally go forward like this or, and so just what you're doing and how your posture is and wow. like it's, 
so sophisticated, but mm-hmm. also it makes perfect sense at the mm-hmm. same time. Mm-hmm. And so it really is fascinating how much of that can just affect your daily life and eventually build up into something that is severe, even though we might not have that. But then we go, mm-hmm. well, this needs to be medicated. And it's like, well, hold up. Right, right, right. Like mm-hmm. that might not actually be the right answer mm-hmm. first. Go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a fascinating <laughs> book called The Body Keeps Score. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such an accurate statement, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of times our body knows before that. we do that things are going on that we're not really being honest about with ourselves. Right. And I think that it's really great how you talked about Matt breathing and Mandy, how we don't realize Mm -hmm. its effect. And so one tip that's really, really powerful and helpful is for moms, whether you're nursing or you're doing the dishes or you're doing laundry, now that you've heard this podcast, you can't unhear it. Want you to just pause (laughs) and take a deep breath. So um, interestingly enough uh, in scriptures, when God breathed, life into Adam, the root word for breathe is nostril breathing. Hmm. So when, when you're there, you're working, just take a pause and then remind yourself to breathe, take in a breath through your nostril and then breathe out with your mouth. It's called pursed lip breathing. And then as you do that, I've incorporated a prayer and this is in my new book, breathe because I had to learn to breathe again, literally, you know, with anxiety, we just hold our breath. Okay, you breathe in and you just say God's name. You breathe in, you can say, Jesus. When you breathe out, just share how you feel. Jesus, I'm so tired. Or you give a request, Jesus, help me. Mm -hmm. And so you're using your body to allow the stress to be released. And second, you're connecting with God. So it's called a breath prayer. And it turns out it's a classical way that um, monks have been praying back in the desert father times. This is a called a breath prayer. And it's one of the most powerful ways to release stress from your body and also just grow closer to God. You know, because when we become moms and we do have a lot of urgent things we need to tend to, Um, we feel guilty, like, gosh, my prayer life isn't so good. No, God doesn't require us to pray the same way. In fact, a lot of times as a mom, I feel like most of my prayers is just being able to have a safe place with God and tell him, you know what, I'm just really stressed out. That's a prayer to God. And asking God for help, that's a breath prayer. So that's one of the most powerful ways is to breathe in and then exhale out, releasing stress and then talking to God in that moment. And so sometimes we don't even realize you're just washing the dishes. We realize you're holding the breath. So the more we can do that. And in the secular world, it's called being mindful. It's mindfulness, Mm -hmm. but actually God wants to be part of that. God, the whole concept of mindfulness is coming, returning back to God. It's saying, Mm -hmm. God, I just want to be mindful. You're with me. So not saying, you know, stop stressing. You know, we're so negative and critical of ourselves. We might be like, what's wrong with you? At least that's how I spoke to myself initially. What's wrong with you? Stop it, Bonnie. Stop stressing. Stop worrying. It's just very negative voice towards myself. And yet God's voice is very loving. Mm -hmm. You know, God's voice says, I will help you. I will comfort you come to me weary and heavy laden. And we notice God does, Jesus doesn't say, come to me cheerful, come to me optimistic. Just no, come. it's the opposite. Yeah, yeah. One thing I really appreciate this 
about this is, um, you know, for some moms, I think the way they see their needs is something to just conquer and push through, right? I can just work right through it. And maybe some moms see their needs as a liability, something to completely ignore. Like I, you know, my needs are irrelevant. I just have to focus on my responsibilities and my kids. For myself and my personality, my needs can be very overwhelming and I want to escape. And I think the only way that I can really practice soul tending or soul care is like take my kids out of school, move to the French countryside, grow all of our own food, like some gigantic thing that is Mm -hmm. never going to happen. That's the only way that I would be able to experience soul rest. What I love about what you're talking about, Bonnie, and it sounds like this is really baked into your new book is giving us, especially those of us who were like, if I can't move to the French countryside, I'm going to have to live stress the rest of my life, you know, waiting for the big fix. And that's our, that's our trap and our personality, little half inch steps that we can do, we can actually do and make a difference. So like the breath prayer, the 10 minute walk, if any more of those that you have, I'd love to hear. Cause I, I just feel like this is incredibly like things we can actually put into our lives today. Okay. So how many of you um, will buy flowers for a friend if you hear she's sick or if she's feeling down, you know, something's getting mm-hmm. her down, you know, will you drive by her house and drop off some flowers or maybe, you know, like, you know, your, your, your love language is gift giving. You're going to, you know, think of your friend and give something to her. Well, this is actually one most beautiful way. I never buy flowers for myself prior to this journey of healing from anxiety and stress, you know, like I'm the kind of friend that will jump in my car when the next time at Trader Joe's or Safeways, I'll buy some flowers and then I'll just drop it off at her doorstep. And then, you know, I hope that she gets cheered up. But I realized, you know, when Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, look yeah. at the fl- fly- flowers, look at the wild flowers, see how they're just thrown in the fire the next few days. And I felt Jesus was t- literally telling us, look at the flowers. And I found out that the science behind the flowers is that women who have flowers in their kitchen, they did an experiment. Women who never buy flowers for themselves, they put them in the kitchen. And even if they just walk past it, but it's the first thing they see in the morning shows that their serotonin levels, that mood boosting hormone I talked about Mm. before would be released and last throughout the day versus women who didn't have flowers. So God literally created flowers, something in like our eyes. When we look at those flowers, our body literally relaxes. And then suddenly it changed. Every time I now was at Safeway doing groceries, I looked at those flowers and I felt God's whisper saying, Bonnie, you're worthy of beauty. You're worthy of my care. And so then I started buying flowers because I said, I struggled. Why would I want to pay, you know, $8? I could buy cream cheese and milk when, you know, buy spend on flowers that just die within, you know, five days. And I felt God was saying, whatever gifts gives you rest and brings beauty to your life. I created these flowers just for you Tell even last a few days to prove my love for you that you're worth it. So every woman who's listening, I want you to buy yourself some flowers next time you go to the store and hear Jesus say to you, do not worry about tomorrow. You're worthy of the care. Even these flowers that last a few days, you're worthy of that beauty. You are worth loving. I just want to say that to every mom, because you're so good at pouring out to your children, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even to your husband and to your girlfriends. And yet God says, you are my first priority. 
you are the one that I care about. And I, I want to give you rest. I want to give you beauty. And so that is like blew my mind that something that was beautiful helps our body relax. And so it's a whole new journey to discover that what gives you peace and joy that God cares about you. Mm -hmm. God cares about me. And so I, I find, I found that difficult to receive because it, it would just disrupt my whole like survival mentality of getting things done. It's almost like, Oh, that's so foo-foo. I, I don't, I don't, I don't need it. <laughs> I don't, I don't want it, you know? So I don't know if you guys can relate to that. Like, let me just keep going. You know, I, I don't want any comfort. I don't need it. It's, mm. it's nice to have for some people, I guess, but you know, that's not part of my journey and story. And so God wants to change that. God wants to say, you are precious in my sight. Mm -hmm you are worthy. And so that, that is a really important message for every woman to hear. Um, it's almost like we need, we need it more. In fact, when we're moms, maybe in the past, we didn't need it as much, but once you start pouring out, you realize our tank, emotional tank is limited and it actually exists. Bonnie, so have good. you, it's so good. So good. Flowers, something yeah. so simple, I know. so practical. Serotonin. Uh, yeah. Right? Well, yeah. I just, uh, while you were talking, I just added a flower budget line item right, to yes. my monthly. Good, well, that's right. good, good, good. Uh, good job, Matt. Wow. Household budget. I feel like you'll really win some points. You if will. you bring the flowers mm -hmm. home, too. Mm -hmm. just, so. You know, but in a vase. I was just thinking that's about right. all that bag. you do. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> It benefits so everybody. Good, yeah. So yeah. I'm curious if you guys have ever experienced what I experienced, and that is that I measure the success of my day by how much I check off my checklist mm. and how much I accomplish. And like, if I don't accomplish a lot, then it's like, well, I just ruined the this whole day. Gone. It's shot. Mm -hmm. I didn't mm -hmm. like. And subconsciously, I think it's because I feel like I have to earn my worth. I have to feel valuable by doing things and producing, even for my family, right? Like, so I have a list for family stuff and a list for work stuff. And if I don't get stuff done, I feel like a failure. And so mm. have you, any of you ever experienced that? And how have you kind of navigated that to feel like, okay, I can prioritize a different pace. I can prioritize not having to produce in order to mm -hmm. earn my worth. And mm -hmm. how has that shift happened mm -hmm. for you? I think for me, it's, it's, uh, I trade things and I, I think in workforce and in certain situations, excuses are a negative thing. And I think in the personal life of the checklist life of thing for me, it's okay. But instead of I was hmm. able to do this or instead of mm -hmm. I was able to, or this is my excuse because I went and did this instead and being okay with that mm -hmm. doesn't always work every day <laughs> where it's okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes you just, it just doesn't go the way that you wanted, but I think allowing myself those excuses and it not be in a negative light. Mm -hmm. That's how I've at least tried to help. Mm -hmm. I can't yeah. say I knew this 10 years ago or maybe even five years ago, but I, play just as hard as I work. You are so mm. good at that. Mm. And you work hard, mm -hmm. but you also can mm -hmm. celebrate and have fun mm -hmm. and prank people. Yes. Yeah, man. You are really good <laughs> at that. You are it's really on my resume, Bonnie, of the type of prankster I am. She is I'm world real, class. I'm really gifted at it. Yeah. But I've learned that, you know, I, not to sound arrogant, but I'm one of the hardest working people I know. Mm -hmm. And it, that gets tiresome 
And so when it's time to play, I want to play just as hard. And so I think that how do was you sh- How do you make that learned. shift? When I'm done. You just, you can, you can just <laughs> yeah. like, okay, now. Yeah, it's-, it's like MomCon's done, you know, this project's done, you know, our painting project's done. Let's enjoy the the garden we just, you know, planted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, I sound like my mother, but it's like, you know, the older you get, the more wise you get, the more experiences you have, you hope that also brings wisdom and experiences. And I think just over time, it's taught me, you know, that to to celebrate it versus just this constant go, 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 but life, life to the full and magnificent and as big, as bold as possible. Um, my daughter teaches me this a lot too. She's 31 and she treats herself very well. Um, as her mom, you know, I'm watching her. I'm like, why did you spend $80 on a piece of chocolate or, or, or a candle? And she's like, mom, it's the vessel. I get to save the vessel. I'm like, the candle it's going to burn out. You're going to throw it away. But she's teaching me so much of the beauty of the vessel, the flowers, a really good piece of chocolate, you know, her, this bag that in my opinion, she spent too much on. But every time I see that bag, I covet that bag. She's taught me that because, Mm. you know, I'm, I'm sure it's the millennials. They're teaching us a lot, but she, Mm. she just is enjoying her hard work. She's a a, entrepreneur, self-employed and she constantly, she's like, I make my schedule. I also take off, you know, I, and she's like, mom, in a lot of ways, you've taught me how to do that too. So it is, it's Mm. a, it's an and or, I guess, you know, I think it just depends on. And it what, takes intentionality. It is. Is, I think, so intentional. Mm-hmm. And my husband does it really well, too. So it's not we're not countering each other. You know, we're we know that this is now time for a ride or now it's time for, you know, playtime or whatever. Bonnie, I like to play drums and I make earrings and I love to do hair and, you know, spend time with my nieces. And it it is relationships are so important to me. So those things, it, you know, if it's going to bring me joy, I'm in it. You know, I, I kind of run away from the stress more than anything else. Um, you know, what <laughs> what type of stress is it going to be? You know, mm-hmm. is it a good stress or a bad stress? I'm yeah. like, ah, I'm not doing that. But the fun part, yeah, let's do that. So, yeah, I think I and, – and, but that came after after parenting. You know, our youngest is 31. So that, that came way after. I did not know that as a young mom. And so this is really good for our yeah. listeners, Bonnie. It really is. Yeah, I, I, I love what you said because, um, you know, play is actually one of the most powerful sources of uh, dopamine release. Dopamine is kind of that mm-hmm. really addictive feeling of joy. And um, unfortunately, it every time we scroll and we go through social media, we get little mini micro mm. hits of dopamine. Mm. And so I like that you say it's on or off because that's how assertive we need to be with our well-being and our joy. Jesus said, I come to give you joy, right? But we have free will. We need to choose that joy. And so for somebody like me, that's not like you, Janelle. (laughs) I'm not good at play. (laughs) I'm good at being serious. (laughs) I need friends like you. Um, And so we need to give ourselves permission to play. And uh, Mandy, maybe this is something I'm just spontaneously going with this. Maybe uh, I can have a resource, a freebie for our listeners Mm -hmm. there are um there are different play personalities okay and so 
uh, one, one way of play for me, somebody like me, it's going to look different from somebody like Janelle. One of my play personalities, I love to journal. I like to write poetry. And so there's, there's 13 different play personalities and I can make that available as a download because you need to embrace that play because Jesus said that we are, we all need to have faith as a child to experience God's kingdom. Sometimes we hear that verse and we think, Oh, it's for salvation only. But in fact, it means for us to experience God's kingdom of peace and joy, we need to be like a child. Um, and so that's really hard because we're taking care of children. And yet I love Janelle, what you say, it's an honor off. It needs to be mm-hmm. that assertive to mm-hmm. choose a joy. And that's one of the most powerful things is to, go back and to really, it helps us to look back as a child. What were those things that you loved to do? Mm -hmm. That is always a wonderful exercise to do. And it's a lot of fun as moms and you kind of get to know each other. I mean, one minute we're talking about, you know, all the problems we're surrounded with the minute, like I said, one of those Whenever I go speak, I say, hey, we're going to do a little girl mosaic. We're going to explore what are the things that brought you joy. Suddenly, everybody has so many stories to share. Like, hmm. oh, I love playing with um, uh, baking with my grandma. Or like, I used to go, you know, fishing or whatever it is. Suddenly, the smiles light up. And so we need to do that. Mm-hmm. We need to prioritize that. And everybody has a different personality. Like for me, I was telling you, I worked in Silicon Valley, right? So I'm like a project person. Mandy, you know how you're saying you don't feel good unless you have the checklist. Well, I got inspired. I was like, what if I had a, you know, peace and joy checklist? Yeah. I mean, at the time, it's really like, how, how can I bring peace and joy to my life again? And that's actually why this, these books I've written, they're just out of my own journey. It's like, let me tackle it like as a project. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that speaks <laughs> to you, Mandy, but I was like, I like it. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, I've never done joy and peace before. Let me just make this a project. So I started having a quote unquote project plan. I love that. A project. I love what it. would be yeah. a daily? No, seriously. God Go knows. prank yeah. someone today. Yeah. 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 Go knock on I'm your like, neighbor's what? door and run. Right. Check that off the list. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would do that because I'm actually an introvert. So Janelle, that's what I did. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I love to do in junior high, like I had to choose between art class or baking. And I was like, I want to know how to bake a pie. So like I said, okay, I'm going to bake. And then I'm going to go to my neighbor. Cause you know, every time you bake, you, you have so much muffins. I was like, okay, I'm going to go to my neighbor, drop it off. And then, you know, suddenly the time we used towards scrolling or just numbing ourselves, right, watching right. Netflix ad nauseum. The only way to defeat it is not to tell ourselves, stop doing it. You got to replace it with an action. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, I did, Mandy, I wrote up a project plan and that's where all these ideas came from. <laughs> so great. Mm-hmm. And I involved my kids too. So my kids at the time were just three and six, you know, I was having these panic attacks and like, I couldn't do the mom stuff. What I thought was a good mom. Like I am not a crafty person. So like I couldn't do all the crafts that my mom friends were doing. And because I was having panic attacks, I couldn't go to like the different classes they were called Jimboree classes for my kids at the time. But then I created my own little project. I asked the kids, you know, what would you like to do? And I went back to my childhood and I created a, we had a whiteboard. And because my kids couldn't read, I would draw little pictures, you know, of different things that we would do. And then every day, once a week, I would just check off one of them. That's, mm. that's what I, I couldn't do it daily, mm-hmm. you know, cause mm-hmm. I was so exhausted. So I was like, we're going to do one which one are you going to do? So we just took turns, one from Josh's list on the whiteboard, one from Caleb. He's so little, but you know, those kids also know. And then I would have one for mommy. 
So mommy would have her list. So that was my project. And so it just grew as the kids got older and Mm -hmm. I learned more. Um, The science was important to me because that's what gave me permission because I always felt guilty, you know, but the science helped Mm -hmm. me because I'm like, okay, this literally is helping my health. (laughs) Everyone, you need to find what, what's your personality and what would work for you. And so that's, that, that was me, Mandy. I just, so I now, and I write about this in breathe. I said every day now there's, there's one thing that I, I have a two thing list. One is like war for work. Like what you're talking about, Mandy, what's the one thing I need to do for work. And keep in mind, this is like 10 years later. So this may not be at the beginning for someone who's starting on your journey of wellness, but I say, what's my one thing list for my work. What's one thing I want to do for my kids. What's one thing I want to do for my husband. And then what's one thing I want to do for myself. So those four things is what makes me feel fulfilled and accomplished every day. Now, sometimes I cannot do something for my kids. That's okay. I'll do it the next day, but I prioritize now my wellness is number one, because I know if I don't get that one thing for my wellness, And what is wellness is anything that gives me peace or joy. If I don't get it done, I know those other three areas, which is my work, my kids, and my husband, they're not going to be good. I'm going to be irritable. I'm going to be depressed. I'll be easily like, you know, down and not all there with my kids. So I know that now after my 10 year journey of wellness, that is first. So if you're first starting out, I would say, just start with your wellness. That's a one thing. I just redefined what is success for me. Um, this is from first uh, Thessalonians. And I'm typing it out on my computer while our friends are listening. Because I am not good about remembering the actual scripture references. I know, I'm good at remembering the words because I'm a word person. But it says, make it your ambition to lead yeah. a restful life. Yeah. That's from first Thessalonians chapter four, verse 11, make it your ambition. And God just dropped that in my lap as I was, you know, looking through scripture, I was, uh, searching for the word rest and just studying every word in the Bible that talks about rest. And that was amazing because the word ambition only appears three times in the new Testament. One is about spreading the gospel. Second is about making your ambition to please God. And the third, making your ambition to lead a restful, quiet life. So that's when it became a project for me, Mandy. When I found that verse, I'm like, okay, I've done the gospel, you know, in my earlier seasons of my life when I was single, right? Pleasing God. You know, I've known God since I was a child. I come from a divorced family. God was like my father. I never saw my father after I was seven. So those areas I understood, but I never saw that the Mm. Bible said, make it your ambition Mm -hmm. to lead a restful, quiet life. Then suddenly that project manager and me just like leaped up and like, okay, I'm going to do this, God. I'm going to focus on what does it mean to have an ambition (laughs) to lead a restful, quiet life? Brilliant. And then Mm -hmm. there I went. Bonnie, you have something special coming up in January. Will you tell us a little bit about that and the free resource that people can check out? Yes, there's going to be a free breathe wellness Bible study. And, you know, I wasn't able to practice all these great soul care tips on my own. There's no way. We need each other. So this is a live 
Bible study that I will be doing as a soul care guide. We're going to have community support and we're actually going to practice, help each other practice some soul care. So at least we're going to do it once a week. And so my heart is really for the moms that happened when I anxiety during, you know, when I was a mom. it's on January 9th and you could just go to the breathe book.com. The breathe, the breathe Awesome. Yeah. Perfect. And what better way to incorporate these practices than with a group of other women who are mm-hmm. committed to it as well. So special. Mm-hmm. Love it. Bonnie, one of our favorite questions to wrap up with is a question about motherhood. And that is what is motherhood teaching you in this season? Well, my son, Josh, now is a teenager and Caleb just became a teenager. Josh and Caleb, they're 13 and 16 now. And, you know, before motherhood meant just taking care of so many logistics, um, because I grew up with a single mom, I just kind of grew up surviving, surviving on my own. I had to like learn how to take care of two little kids. But now that they're teenagers, motherhood is teaching me that the most important thing is to share with them um, my stories. Yes, because when I tell my kids not to do something or do something or to teach them their values, when they're little, they'll listen. You know what I mean? They're going to listen to like, okay, here's what's right, here's what's wrong. But once they're teenagers, they're just kind of by then maybe glazed over. They've heard me teaching their lessons <laughs> so many years. Now it, they're interested. Whenever I share a story with them, like something that happened to me in high school or college, suddenly, you know, the, their their ears perk up and their their eyes are like, right again like oh what what happened to you mom so um you know sweet like jasmine that's the, the biography that you had shared Wendy, that won the christian book award i mean that was my journey to share my stories with my children my stories as a woman and not just as a mom and so that is my journey now as a mother that my my kids really want to hear my stories because they just want to be close to me. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That, so that, that's what I'm learning right now in motherhood is to be vulnerable about my stories. Hey friends, thank you for joining us for Moms Unscripted, a production of Mops International. A quick reminder that opinions discussed are solely the opinions of the individuals and do not necessarily represent the organization. For more information on today's episode, please visit mops.org backslash Moms Unscripted podcast for show notes. And join us again next week for another unscripted conversation around the Mops table.